Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. Going on, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Football Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. Now, just a reminder that if you used code twenty one triple ten, you'll get ten percent off all the great tools over at FantasyPoints.com, and they have a special going on fifty percent off the rest of the season. You get a whopping sixty percent off, which anything sixty percent off, you know I'm there. So make sure you check that out. Normal crew here, D. Mendy, always by Johnny Foosball. John, as you keep laughing at me, I got to ask you, is it Marcus Mariota? It's, well, it's a couple of things. You're going a little bit in and out. <laughs> of course, joined by a guy whose ears perk up when he hears the words live bets. It's the doc, Eric Mendelson. What's going on? You know, you know me pretty well. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm going to do a live bet today. That's right. I mean, it's like we're brothers or something. It's pretty weird. And uh, of course, rounding out the normal crew is the man that ponders life's biggest questions. It's the Brad Stradamus. Brad Kilwer, what's up? My biggest question is, are the Washington football team for real? And it's looking like maybe. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about a little bit of the Washington football team in the show. Shout out to uh, our buddy Toby checking in here. But everybody's been waiting long enough. They see the guy right below me, and I got to intro him the right way. We welcome in a man that I recommend you don't make a bet with because you'll have to change your profile picture. A XM fantasy football host <laughs> where he does analysis, football analytics, real scouting, and he breaks down the why of football decisions. But then he also has an alter ego that's an assistant DPP at the University of Minnesota, the COO of the 33rd team, does NFL scouting and analytics, data-driven insights mixed with game knowledge to win fantasy. His resume is like a novel, and I'm here for all of it. Ladies and gentlemen, the man with the game plan and the man that bleeds gold for his golden gophers, it is Andy Hansen. What's going on, man? How's it going, guys? That's I, I feel like uh, I have a little stalker. I didn't realize you knew that much about me, David. <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed that, was, that you're still in breath after getting all of that out. I did not ask for that, everybody. I just... <laughs> I'm usually just the guy who absolutely scorches David before we do game picks on Sundays. Yeah, I'm not making any uh, any of these bets with you anymore because both times I'm, I'm over two. And Andy, um, Andy, after hearing that that beautiful intro, I gotta ask, like, what is your go-to uh, tool or go-to stat when you're looking at scouting running backs? Is it all film or is it a combination of film and statistics? How do you go about that? Uh, I think it depends on what data you can get your hands on. I think. The three-yard split is really important for getting up to speed. We, at the 33rd team, had a uh, data scientist come on, and they were – it's an interesting story. He spent three seasons with Mike Tannenbaum, um, first with Dan Quinn at the Falcons the year that they went to the Super Bowl, and then the next two years at the Dolphins. And in that three-year span, the Falcons and Dolphins combined – led the league in sacks for those three seasons. And his entire premise was the three-yard split, the five-yard split, and the seven-yard split. And being Mm -hmm. able to get your speed up to a certain level where the impact and force that you generate into the person in front of you is what matters most in any aspect of collision football. Uh, So I think, you know, I guess if it was in regular, like you're watching the NFL draft casually, uh, I think they call it quickness and... Uh, I think that that's really where it is because if you can get up to your top speed fast, if you can go from gear two to gear gear five quickly and at the drop of a hat, when you decide to make the cut and go, you know, a a safety or even a linebacker isn't going to be able to tackle you if you're going full speed and have your weight behind you in that direction. Um, When it comes to fantasy, it's a little bit more difficult because you can have, you know, you can have fucking Walter Payton, uh, behind right. the worst offensive line in the NFL, and it's not going to matter. The guy's going to rush for 17 yards, and you're going to cry because you drafted him in the first round. So I'd imagine, like, in terms of basic stats, that term would most likely correlate with something like broken tackles? Yeah, broken tackles are important. Um, I think if you can go back and watch the NFL Combine, 
if you can do weight and then the 10 yard split, that's where you're going to find a lot of diamonds in the rough when it comes to like possible fantasy running backs. Yeah. Uh, again, that's why you hear Andy talking and we brought that big old brain on this show for a reason, because there's a lot we got to talk about here as we have our week 13 short stories our stuff or fluff rest of season, bold predictions and our obscure tight end touchdown of the week predictions. So make sure you stay tuned for all that. After we'll go to our question of the week, which John has not told me, so it will be a surprise. And also his game of the week, which if you're an avid listener of the show, you know when it's John's turn for the game. It's, it's the same thing every time, but it's always something I never win. So we'll find out if today is the day. But first, if you're enjoying the content of Triple Play Fantasy and want to hear more of what we got, please check out all the great things going on the Triple Play Fantasy Network. We've got baseball, basketball, and football podcasts. Globs of content over on the Triple Play YouTube channel, like Devi Mock Drafts. Javante Williams being a league winner. Heck, we even have some chess content for you. So if you want to check all that out, it's over there. And if writing is your style, check it out over at TripleFlayFantasy.com. Now, fellas, life gets better when you pretend every day is your birthday. You get free desserts when you go out to a restaurant. People start buying your stuff, buying you stuff, obviously. And then you get to make that social media post that you know is going to get a lot of love. And heck, I mean, even though my birthday is just over 10 months away, why don't we just pretend today is my birthday and we're going to have a little bit of fun. So you know what I'd like for my birthday? I'd like for you to go to the YouTube channel and check our subscriber count as they are now at 1.31K. And if you are watching our videos and are not subscribed, please give me my birthday present and hit that subscribe button, ring that bell. It truly helps a ton. We're on the road to 2K and every subscription counts. So smash it. All right. Let's get into the episode here. Let's dive in. Let's get into some headlines. And we're going to start off here with the Washington football team, Brad's Washington football team, as Logan Thomas, who was thought to have suffered a torn ACL and MCL and other knee damage, turns out it might not be as bad after all as the MRI results came back better than anticipated, according to head coach Ron Rivera. So right now, it's not obviously it's not looking great, but Logan Thomas could come back this year. And right now, he started in six of 12 games this season. He's caught 18 passes for 196 yards and three touchdowns. And my question to you guys, and Andy, I'm going to start with you first. Should you pick up RSJ or even a John Bates down the stretch as Washington tight ends had the most favorable schedule for the rest of season? Are they someone you're looking to pick up? I, I would say only if you're truly desperate. Uh, I don't know if you guys are Marvel fans, but you know when when Thor comes to Loki and Loki looks at him in the jail cell and is like, you must be truly desperate to come to me for help. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think that this guy is going to give you, and I'm talking about Ricky Seals-Jones, I don't think he is going to give you elite production. I don't even know if he's going to give you 10-point games uh, because the, Logan Thomas is an elite player, and that's why he is so uh, good to have on your fantasy team because he's a player that gets put into the offensive game plan. Whereas Ricky Seals-Jones is an adequate player. He's going to be on the field, and if he's open, he might get the ball thrown to him. But Heineke isn't exactly that great at throwing his tight ends anyway. You know, so he's going to need to have a boomer bust game for you to actually profit off of getting him. Uh, so I would only take him if I don't have a top 12 tight end already. But that would mean that somebody else in your league has, you know, Goddard and Ertz on their team or somebody has Gronk and Kittle on their team, and you just need the tight end help. So you're not interested in the John Bates motel at all? No. No. At that point, you're not in the playoffs anyway, so whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. Brad, I'll, I'll go to you also for this question since you're the Washington fan on this panel. Do you like either of these guys down the stretch? You know, I, I don't really. Um, Seals Jones has shown that he has the ability to, you know, have those double-digit games. But I don't know that I can count on Taylor Heineke to – produce them at a level that I'd feel comfortable going to get him or spending any sort of, you know, fab on, on sales Jones. Um, his running ability makes the ceiling a little bit lower on the passing side. And I think they really want to hand it off to Gibson as he's been kind of their workhorse lately. So I, I don't know. I, I think there are better options at the tight end level. And if you have to go get a seals Jones, you're probably in bad shape already. So I definitely wouldn't spend any sort of capital to go and get him. Yeah, these guys might be more better DFS plays. Just for reference here, Jimmy Graham had one catch for one yard and a touchdown, and he was tight end eight this week. So it just shows you how much of a crap. Could have been, been Cole Komet, Eric. 
Could it could have been. been. It could have foresha- been. Foreshadowing uh, one of our later segments. That but I will say, doing. I will say, if there's any receiver that Heineke is looking to, more than likely it's the tight end as opposed to, you know, a wide out, which is strange considering he has Terry McLaurin and, you know, Curtis Samuel's been in and out of the lineup with injuries. But um, it, it appears that those dump offs to J.D. McKissick and, and Gibson and the tight end are kind of where Heineke likes to live. Yeah, I'm going to pull up the target distribution as we get to this next one just to see kind of how it's right now being distributed this year. But, John, I'm going to you for this next one because it's about your Raiders as Kenyon Drake suffered an ankle fracture on Sunday. He's done for the year, and he'll end of the year on 254 rushing yards, two touchdowns, had a 4.3 yards per carry average. I love that yards per carry stat. He also had 29 catches this year. I'm very interested right now because Jalen Richard right now uh, apparently got put on the COVID-19 list. Richard. Uh, yeah, I got to have the accent. Richard. So right now the only two backs on this team that are healthy are Jacobs and Peyton Barber. Do you think Jacobs gets a realistic bump, or do you think the Raiders find someone to take Drake's work here? Maybe maybe a slight bump, uh, but actually more so based on like the past few games he's been getting more targets and more catches, mainly because the offense is really sputtering because of the the drop in weapons. It went from having a ton of explosive players to Darren Waller being out and the whole uh, rug situation being cut from the team. So they went from a lot of deep threats to a lot of dump offs to the running backs, which Jacobs has been seeing over the past three games. Wow. Way to discredit Zay Jones's presence on the offense. My man got hit in the face mask and it, with the ball at the Hail Mary at the end of the game. And it could have been a, you know, a pass interference. His jersey was being tugged, but it hit him in the face. Like, John, I almost bet a Zay Jones first touchdown for you because if it did hit, that was going to be my short story. Well, there you go. Uh, just real quick on the point of Foster Moreau that game. Yeah, he, apparently that one catch, uh, I didn't watch the game, but he they said he had one defender to beat and it would have been like a 50-yard touchdown if he was able to get three for that last guy. But the Washington stat, McLaurin has a over 26% target share. If you combine Ricky Seals-Jones, Logan Thomas, and the John Bates Motel, you get about a 17, or I'm sorry, a uh, 21% target share between the three of them. So that's obviously the tight end is definitely where he's looking to if it's not Terry McLaurin. So that's obviously a big factor with looking at uh, Taylor Heineke where he likes to throw the ball. And then but the dump-offs to McKissick's and the Gibsons. McKissick does have a 14% target share, and Gibson has just under a 9% target share. But he has 13 targets over the last two weeks, does uh, Antonio Gibson. So he's definitely getting a lot more involved. And, uh, yeah, the, Antonio does lead the NSC in rushing, which is pretty crazy considering all the injuries he's had. Uh-oh. And, uh, Andy Andy gave uh, Gibson some love. Is that, what I'm, is that what I'm saying there? I was able to finesse Gibson off of my friend in my big money league for – Michael Carter, and I'm Ooh. pretty sure that he's not going to be my friend if I ride Gibson <laughs> to the uh, the championship. Nobody loves he, injuries. No, I mean, he he kind of looked left for dead with that shin injury, but the bye week seemed to have healed him, which is very interesting. John, by the way, you is that a dynasty that. league, Andy? No, and that it's a big money uh, redraft league, and. It's my favorite league because everybody's incredibly deep into fantasy. So it's a difficult league to play and it's a difficult league to win. Um, I also traded Dalvin Cook for Jonathan Sand, uh, Jonathan Taylor and Miles Sanders in that league. So right now I have wow. five running backs that can all start, but no wide receivers. The running back whisper. Well, we you know, Andy, you're lucky I'm not in that league because I'd have to take you down. Otherwise, uh, you'd be I don't know where my invite was. AJ Dillon and I would not be worried. <laughs> He'd have four wins right now. <laughs> oh, well, it sounds like I need to get in that league next year because I got to prove it. If there's a spot that opens up, Andy, you have my phone number. We can we'll make have you. If, you. if you are in, if you're ready to be reborn. I'm ready. David, you're getting ready to change your Twitter picture again. No, I, I'm not making any more Twitter picture bets. That was a long week. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get a couple more news here. Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is going to call it a career, supposedly after this season. Remember, he's outlasted both Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers. And his QBR ranked just 24th in the league through 10 starts this year. And even after they beat the Ravens, it's clear he's not the same player. I don't know if you guys knew this. He actually sits eighth all time in touchdown passes and the sixth most passing yards in NFL history. But um, I guess this is it for Big Ben. It's a passing league. Yep. Yeah, it really is. And Adrian Peterson is back. He scored a touchdown 
in his first game with Seattle. Will he have 11 carries for 16 yards or something like that in a touchdown? Uh, not very good. He's played with six different teams. But that touchdown ended up being the difference for the Seahawks against Eric's 49ers. Was it just painful for you to watch that, Eric? I mean, I told everyone we were going to lose. Like, I don't know why why I expected us to even compete. Is the exact statistic that Pete Carroll is 17 and four against the Niners? Is that? What the uh, I think is? he's 13 and four. 13 and four. I knew it was something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. outrageous. That is. Yeah. It happens when you're the 49ers coach. went to like two Super Bowls and he's still 13 and four against them. Pretty bad. And just finishing it up here, Corey Davis's season is over. He's going to have core muscle surgery that's going to shelve him the rest of the year. He's going to finish the year with 34 catches, 492 yards, and four touchdowns. It's time for the Elijah Moore show. Top 20 wide receiver rest of season, Andy. Do you think that's possible for him? Uh, I think it'll be hard, and it's the same thing that we were talking about with Taylor Heineke, where I don't think Zach Wilson is very good at distributing the ball to his wide receivers. Uh, I think that the Jets learned when Mike White came in and they decided to have the short dump-off game be how they were going to lead that offense, and all of a sudden Mike White looked like a Hall of Famer, that they realized that they, behind that offensive line and with the scheme that they have, they need to have short, quick passes and dump-offs. And now that Elijah Moore is going to be the number one wide receiver, probably covered by the number one corner from the other team, I wouldn't trust him to be able to win very many matchups and have Zach Wilson deliver a ball that, you know, will have the big explosive plays you really need to have uh, a top 20 wide receiver. I mean, he did just go against Darius Slay and the Eagles and have a pretty good game. And Darius Slay is ranked as one of the best quarters on P- from, according to PFF right now. Did that not yeah, give the, you some hope? It, it gave me a little bit of hope. I think, uh, you know, the Eagles aren't a um, matchup corner to wide receiver team. It's side of the field. Um, so, you know, the, Darius Slay is great. Any other corner that the Eagles have is trash, and we could probably start over all of them. So it, I don't want to be the Eagles to be my barometer for how a team should be judged when they're playing against defenses, especially you know with some of the other serious defenses that the Jets will be going up with against the rest of the season. I'll be watching this week. I don't. I haven't. Don't have the statistics how much Marshawn Lattimore shadows players, but you obviously have to expect that he would. Most likely, unless Elijah Moore just lines up strictly in the slot, which I know he does a fair amount, but uh, the Saints obviously are a pretty good defense, so I'll also be a, a good barometer maybe test this week for Elijah Moore. Andy, I'm curious. You know, I'm going a little off script here, but we've seen a lot of Debo Samuel line up at running back and have success. What do you make of that? Does does he have the the chops of a, a running back, or is it sort of the 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 question mark of what is he going to do or you know, where is the target going? Is he a, a decoy? Is that what's making him have that success? How do you look at that? I think it's it's interesting because it's similar to how Cordero Patterson's being used. Debo Samuel is very good at breaking tackles. And when he lined up at running back uh, when Elijah Mitchell was out, he actually was pretty good, you know, from that position. It, it certainly didn't look like a wide receiver playing running back. It looked like an athlete playing running back, almost supposed to be Antonio Gibson. Um so I, I think that he's just a player who, if they see a defender matching up against him, would you rather have a corner who's lined up against your running back in the box, or would you rather have a linebacker matched up against your running back in the box? And if you're trying to stop the run, it, it's obvious that you'd rather have a corner in the box that you can try to get you know, washed out based off of the blocking or however it ends up working. So if it, it, it's kind of similar to what the Patriots used to do where they would move guys around. They would have, um, you know, they'd put a fullback out wide. They'd put a, an extra lineman out wide to try to get teams that weren't matching up correctly off kilter. And I think that that's what the 49ers did by putting Debo in at running back. Um, but he's also the kind of athlete where he can break tackles in the backfield. He can be productive at that spot. Yeah, and he's looked very good. And even with weeks where he wasn't catching the ball, he was still giving you double-digit fantasy points just with his rushing. So it be interesting to see if more teams start taking that approach and just getting the ball in their best players' hands if they're not being able to throw him the ball. So kind of interesting what the Niners are doing with that. But let's put the bookmark in it there. Let's go next to one of our favorite segments on this show, and that is our little short story segment here. If I can find where my little button is uh i'll find it later anyway so this is oh here we go cool story bro 
David okay. can never can never find the. I get uh, sucked into other things. Sa- and then, sound bar. Yeah, and so this is our short story. Surprise from week thirteen, a victory lap. Something you want to come clean about? It's your sixty seconds to tell us what you want to talk about. Andy, what was your week thirteen short story? Uh, well, you can check out my Twitter. I called it the. Dallas Cowboys defense was going to be a high scorer in that game compared to the rest of the offensive starters. So I was pretty proud about that one. Um, and then I completely flubbed all of my advice for the Patriots bills game because that weather was just outrageous. Mm-hmm. I three passes from Mac Jones, Who two receptions for all of their pass catchers. If you started a Patriots skill position, you were just absolutely screwed. Well, I will just, Add to that, because that's where my short story is. In one of our leagues, or one of the leagues I'm in, I was up two points, and the other player had Kendrick Bourne on their team, and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> and, of course, Kendrick Bourne just gets a two-yard rush, and that's it. And so I won, which uh, I did not think was they had a chance. So wait, wait for the stat corrections, David. I mean, two points, I feel very safe. So uh, the win still was in there this morning, so I'm taking it. And it was a very unexpected win, but a win that I will gladly take to stay into second place in that particular league. Doc, what is your short story? All right. Well, I made the uh, Scott Fishbowl playoffs, and it's the top six make it, and then if you have a certain amount of points. And I cleared that threshold by five points because of George Kittle's 45-point outing. So thank you, George Kittle, for having a great game when I needed it most to get me into the Scott Fishbowl, and now I'm going to win it. Yeah, I, I mean, that's pretty bold there. there you go. I got the momentum on my side. Brad, what about yours? Again, I got I got more of a question on this one. Um, in my <laughs> dynasty league... You're a questions McGee today. I, I am. I'm a questions guy. Um, in my dynasty league, I have Josh Jacobs, and um, we're 8-8 eight and eight right now. We could make the playoffs if we won, but we'd have to win a, a points tiebreaker if everybody else won, and that doesn't look likely, so I'd need one more team to lose and they have good matchups. So I'm, I kind of take a baseball approach with my dynasty football teams. And if I'm going for it, I'm going for it. And if I'm not, I'm just stripping it down and rebuilding for next year. So I'm thinking about trading Josh Jacobs and I'm curious what you guys would trade for him in dynasty. Oh, I mean, I'm not a Josh Jacobs guy personally. Uh, I mean, maybe more people are, I'm probably going to lowball it. Uh, it's hard just to kind of – I'd have to look at kind of a list of guys I have in that range, which I don't have in front of me. I don't know if, if any of you guys – John, especially you because you're a Raiders fan. If how Your opinion I mean, of Josh Jacobs is. I'm, I'm tilted towards him, but they might not even re-sign his options. So that may be a good thing, you know, a change of scenery to a uh, to a team where he can be the, the a real goal line back who, for a team who actually gets to the goal line. Yeah. I'm going to get this show back on track real quick because I want to get through a couple more things. Johnny, give us your short story real quick. So, um, yeah, I had Jalen Hurts. He was pretty much my only healthy quarterback until uh, Sunday when he said he was going out. And I kind of forgot that um, the Dynasty League I'm in only has a waiver period at noon <laughs> before the, the Sunday games. And then you're pretty much done. And you can't pick anybody up till Wednesday. So I put in a, a bid for just Gardner Minshew and I got outbid by the person I was playing because they just put an unreasonable sum to try and buy the win. And it worked because I lost by 0.8 points because I didn't have a quarterback. So that person told me that strategy. And sometimes the yeah. offense is playing good defense. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so I t- told David, now I'm also waiting on a stack correction, hopefully. There you go. <laughs> We're going to get to our next segment here. We like to call stuff or fluff. So I'm going to read you guys a couple statements and you're going to tell me if you think there's some stuff behind it or it's a bunch of fluff, same as news or noise or fact or fiction, all those fun different narratives here. So my first one for you guys is you should bench Patrick Mahomes. Andy, is this uh, stuff or fluff? That's fluff. That's crazy talk. Unless you have a top five quarterback that's on your bench at your insane if you're thinking about benching Patrick Mahomes. I understand he's only had about 17 points per game over the last five weeks, which is absolutely killing you. But like this more or less should just be you swallowing some medicine to never draft a quarterback <laughs> in a second or third round ever again. You know, it, yeah, it's just, I don't, like that subtweet. I don't like that subtweet at me. I'm right here. <laughs> Call me yeah. out. 
This this is why Erickson lasts in our home league because because he had the old Mahomes. There you go. Yeah, I mean, like Eddie said, I mean, he's thrown twelve interceptions this season. That's more than he's had the last two years combined. And obviously, that year he had twelve uh, interceptions was the year he had fifty passing touchdowns. But if you look at the interceptions, according to Pro Football Focus, five of them have come off drop passes. Three of those from Tyree Kill, which actually is number one amongst wide receivers in that category there. Uh, so I'm just curious. I mean, obviously maybe it's overthinking it. Andy, if you got Taysom Hill against the jets and Patrick Mahomes this week, there's no doubt in your mind. You're playing Mahomes. My God. No, you're playing, you're playing Taysom. Mahomes. Taysom Hill is going to get knocked out of the game. I, I just, I have a bad I'm, feeling about Taysom. The kids. I'm the him. biggest, I'm the biggest Taysom Hill hater. But I'm also a bigger Patrick Mahomes hater, so it's definitely time to put in Taysom Hill in that one-for-one situation. Andy, what do you make of Taysom Hill's uh, running back skills? Oh, he's, he's, he's breaking tackles. See, he can he can get up to speed very quickly, and he weighs a considerable amount, so he's hard to tackle. But you know his bones are very brittle, and he probably needs to start taking a calcium supplement because he's already broken himself <laughs> again since getting back in. It, you just can't trust this guy to stay healthy and four interceptions. How, like, yeah. how long is his leash really going to be? Hey, Lamar had four interceptions, too, okay? <laughs> Lamar won an MVP. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. All right, Taysom Hill won MVP of the Saints in, in <laughs> Sean Payton's eyes. <laughs> MVP of our hearts. Uh, this next one might be a little bit more uh, controversial. I mean, we might get split on this. Tyler Lockett, greater than sign, DK Metcalf, rest of the season. Andy, what do you think? Now, that one's tough uh, because Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson have a really great chemistry that is frustrating because he isn't as talented as a wide receiver and definitely not as talented as an athlete. Um, you know, his change of direction is obviously better, but DK is just such a big, tough matchup and a great red zone threat. But you can tell by DK's body language on the sideline at the end of routes, he's very frustrated with not getting the ball and he's very frustrated with being open and not getting the ball. And for whatever reason, the Seahawks offense has just been out of sync since Russell broke his finger, you know? So if you have both of them, it's a, it's, it's tough. It's a coin flip. Cause I think that it's just going to be one of the situations where whichever one you start, you're going to give the juju to the other one to get a better score. Yeah. I mean, it's very frustrating. If we kind of look how it was last year compared to this year, Lockett was a top 20 wide receiver five times last year, while DK Metcalf finished as a top 20 wide receiver in half of the games last year. So you thought DK Metcalf was the more consistent player. Tyler Lockett was the one that was going to be the wide receiver one, two, or three weeks of the year, but then not be as consistent. This year, Metcalf's only had four games as a top 20 wide receiver, and Lockett's had three. So not either of them haven't been great. And Lockett's actually ranked in the top 26 wide receivers two of the last three weeks since Russell Wilson returned entering week 13 and DK Metcalf has finished anywhere from wide receiver 55 to wide receiver 92. So it's been very confusing. Don't very really tough. Think about 92 wide receivers. Well, That's what I'm saying. I mean, if you think, so I looked at the stats since Russell Wilson came back, DK Metcalf is out targeted block at 28 to 26 DK Metcalf stats though, 13 catches for 130 yards and Lockett has 16 for 304. Now there's a rumor that Russell Wilson is not happy with DK Metcalf's off the field antics. And if you haven't heard about it, then you got to look it up. But what does he care about that, though? I haven't seen anything like that. Yeah, I haven't either. Not safe to say. This, does this seem well, no, like a I mean, Brad, you, you have to know the story. I, I so, don't. you know, Russell Wilson, you know, man of God, you know, very big into religion, monogamy. Sure. sure. And DK Metcalf wanted to have a. I think it's a, is it a polygamy. A it is a party. With with, yeah, with three other women. And, he, uh, he wanted it, to have a meet and greet and a speed dating session. Mm-hmm. With uh, at least three other women. And uh, apparently Russell Wilson was not happy about that. So and The way that story came to light was a fourth girl that he invited over who started the five-hour drive to his house. He texted mm-hmm. halfway there and said, actually, never mind, go home. Oh, no. And you uh, know like he's not focused on football because of the blue hair. Well, no, it's blonde now. I know it was blue at the time. It'll probably be pink next week. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't know Russell Wilson was mad about that. I did obviously know the DK Metcalf. I don't think I don't know if the reports came out as mad, but I, you know, near friction and and the things with the Seahawks are falling apart. So, well, the frustrating thing from a fantasy perspective is they had the same amount of targets last week. They both had yeah. eight. Tyler Lockett just came down with two more of those catches, and he only had eight more yards, but he got the touchdown. So the extra two catches, the eight extra yards, and the touchdown make him such a more valuable fantasy piece. And five catches for 60 yards isn't that hard to find on the free uh, the waiver wire. So it, it's the difference between an absolutely pedestrian game and a very good game from a fantasy wide receiver perspective. But you, you can't point and be like, oh, DK is not getting the targets because he is. I um I haven't looked at the stats of this, but I wonder if it's kind of a, a Baker Mayfield OBJ situation where it's like Russ needs a guy to run very precise routes. And that's why he has such a great rapport with Lockett because he's a great route runner. And DK Metcalf coming out of college was known as just a go route guy. And he's kind of turned into somebody that, you know, is getting all these targets and running all the different route trees. But I, I, I can't like actually quantify that because I haven't looked at the stats, but it makes it, it, it was, makes it interesting. It wasn't an issue last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, regardless, I think the main point here is either way, you're probably not super pumped about playing either one of these guys down the stretch just because they're so unpredictable right now obviously seattle has no run game whatsoever so you know at least they're gonna probably throw a lot but i think if i'm not mistaken seattle is last in the league in terms of time of possession so also it's not like they have the ball a ton for them to score a bunch of fantasy points either so there's that going against them that's a good point let's go to one here we're going to talk about and i know this one might get a little bit more traction here antonio gibson a top 10 running back rest of season Andy, Let's go to Andy first. Stuff or fluff? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. He's definitely going to be a top 10 because then I'm going to win a boatload of money. So, <laughs> you know, I'm hoping no. that he is. I think uh, it's interesting because real sharks in fantasy can trade for the person that they know is going to be a good player in week three or four who luckily started off cold. The problem with Antonio Gibson is he started the first 10 weeks cold. And he had such a laundry list of injuries that you were like, all right, what the hell is going on here? And, you know, they're all nagging injuries. They're all, are you hurt or are you injured injuries? Uh, And also the team wasn't playing very well. So, you know, it was just kind of this confluence of everything. Uh, If he is getting healthy and he is showing that he can be out of the doghouse and perform when he's on the stage, uh, you know, he's going to be an amazing player. For fantasy, and if you look two weeks ago, McKissick stole two red zone touchdowns from him. If he had had one of those, then he is absolutely electric. You know, so yeah. as he gets better, and his target share is nine percent right now, but he's his targets are way up over the last couple of weeks. Like this guy is a very good player. And he cost me. I'm very familiar with that week because I had a hundred dollars on an anytime touchdown on him that I game. I think you spent ten minutes telling this story last week. Yeah, I had hundred dollars to win 125. <laughs> I had him as my captain in my DK lineup, and if he scores those two touchdowns, I actually probably make uh, a few grand on that too. David quits um, his job teaching. Uh, <laughs> Dan, I, mean, I looking... need you to send me a detailed list of your anytime touchdowns every week. So that I can run in the opposite direction of them. <laughs> Contrarian <laughs> indicator. I, I hit a, um, uh, Mike Evans. I hit that because it was going into Monday Night Football. He had scored every single week. Uh, all right. All right. Story Night time's Football. over. Yeah. Uh, we, we also heard this story for about Yeah, I know. <laughs> Any kind of touchdowns are usually pretty money when I do bet them. Uh, hey, okay. Tom, touchdowns. You're one for two. How are they guaranteed money? Uh, 50% is pretty. I'll, I'll do more of them, so I'll have more track record. It's a break-even analysis, David. Okay. Let's go to the then. I'll, I'll actually we'll say this on Antonio Gibson before we move on. He's had 95 carries over the last four weeks, which is more than weeks two through eight combined. When he had 91 carries, the 23.75 attempts per game ranked number one in the league over that time. And Gibson's targets over the last two weeks, which is 13, is more than the last six weeks combined prior. So he's getting that work, that volume. If he's getting anywhere near that down the stretch, I mean, it's the formula oh. to win games right now. Also. His next four games, Dallas, Philadelphia, Dallas, Philadelphia. He is playing against teams Wait. that allow a ton of yards. Is I'll that really say, their schedule? 
It is. Yeah, isn't that a brutal schedule? Well, that is unbelievable. Well, they could actually they could control their own destiny and win the division with that schedule. Well, yeah, because I didn't realize they still have four more games against two teams. The only yeah. thing yeah, I'll say, and it's two teams that give up a ton of yards, and then it ends against the Giants, which doesn't matter for fantasy, but it's interesting for the NFL. They, that's true, but the only thing I'll say about Gibson's rest of the season value is that last week. They didn't have J.D. McKissick because of the concussion, and he will be back eventually. And I don't think it's a doghouse situation. I think they genuinely respect J.D. McKissick's skills as a pass catcher, and he's really had some improvements running in between the tackles as a runner as well. So he's getting legitimate timeshare value there. So I, that's what scares me away from Gibson being a, a top 10 rest of the season because McKissick is a legitimate part of their offense. So I, I don't know. Um, if that's going to come to fruition, but he is something to, to be wary of. And your uh, your favorite guy, Jarrett Patterson, is there too. He, I thought he was going to get a bunch of a bunch of minutes, um, a bunch of snaps this past week, and he didn't. Bunch of he, minutes. They, they, they get, <laughs> this yeah, isn't, this isn't basketball. basketball but uh, you add bats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, they they even let like Wendell Smallwood get some some snaps there. So I I don't know what's going on with Patterson. Maybe they're not too confident on him because he's a rookie or maybe he's just not that good. I don't know. But um, I, it's, it was interesting to see that they, it's pretty much Gibson and McKissick or bust. Yeah. Uh, let's do one more here. Tua Tagovailoa is a potential QB one. So we'll say that's a top 12 quarterback rest of season. He's looked great over these last few weeks here. If you actually look, he actually has had a hundred, a hundred or more passer rating each of the last four games, last game, 30 of 41 for 244 yards and two touchdowns. And he's accumulated six touchdowns over those last four games with one interception. Big reason why the Dolphins are now back in the playoff picture somewhat right now. Uh, so, Andy, can Tua get to that back end of QB1 territory for the rest of the fantasy season? I'm not probably not starting him this week. Uh, I can guarantee he'll be out of the top 20 this week. Um, I think yeah, I think he has a bye this week. They have a bye week this week for anybody yeah. who's. <laughs> um, but after that, uh, Tua has my biggest fantasy recommendation that there is. If your the starter Jets. is playing against the New York Jets, you just close your eyes and start him. And I know I said not to do that with Taysom Hill, but that's because you're trying to start him against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> if your starter <laughs> is a top forty player and is playing against the Jets or the Texans then you won the lottery that week. And Tua comes back week 15, the first week of the playoffs, and plays the Jets. I think that that's a pretty good start. It gets a little dicier when he goes against New Orleans, Tennessee, and New England the next three weeks. And I think that those three games are going to knock him out of that contention of being uh, a top 12 QB for me. But I do think you can sneak one game out of him if you pick him up and start him as long as you don't have a consistent top five, top seven quarterback on your roster. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really coming into his own, and he seems to have a lot more confidence now that the trade deadline's passed and the Dolphins I just want Yeah, I just want all the Dolphins fans to stop trying to get rid of this guy. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, just the timeline... I, I, I don't get it because... Like, he, I don't know what they want. You have a lot of analysts who are like, what's Tua's elite trait? What's The only thing he is elite at is accuracy. And all I can think is... <laughs> God, people said that about Drew Brees too. Exactly. Accuracy is the most important thing for a and, quarterback. There and is no God forbid my quarterback puts it where he wants to. And on top of that, like it took Drew Brees like two years, three years to develop into the Drew Brees he is today. Like, give the dude time. He's officially like one year or officially still a rookie almost. I don't even think he's had sixteen games. Like, I, I'm really impressed with Tua, and it it boggles my mind that we were hearing rumors that the Dolphins wanted to trade for Deshaun Watson and all the baggage that he has when they have Tua, who's actually performed very well when yeah, given the chance. And is so. still, still healing from a shattered hip. I think that yeah, that's yeah, the thing that is you can't think of a worse way to handle a top five draft pick quarterback than the way the Dolphins have. They thrust him into the starting role when the rest of the team was winning and didn't want him. They forced him to start as a rookie, and I think people have been kind of washed by expecting your rookie quarterback to have great years because of yeah. what other rookie quarterbacks have done when that's just – that's not the norm. It's very tough for a kid to – it's tough for a first-year quarterback on a new team who's already a good quarterback, you know, and that's a proven NFL quarterback to go to a new team and get all new weapons. And it was a COVID year, so they didn't even have a real 
uh, OTA session. They didn't have real training camp. And then this year, you know, and he was recovering from that hip last year. So he was going through all that. And people were like, oh, well, he didn't break any records. I think we got to go trade for Deshaun Watson. And then this year. Also, he's also I was going to say, shout out Jalen Waddle. Like that, that's a connection that they really have found to be fruitful at. They're kind of using him in that Landry role where they're just like, okay, let's get him in space. Let's get him targets and let the yak pile up. Yeah, and it, I think it was smart that they drafted Waddle because Tua and Waddle had played together at Alabama, so they already had that chemistry together. Um, but this year, it, 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 he was hurt again, which I know gets frustrating. And what I've heard out of Miami is Tua is the kind of guy who plays football because it's it's a good time, and he's good at it. But he's not he's not Tom Brady where if he has a bad pass, he's going to get frustrated. If Tua has a bad pass whatever, we'll get him the next time. You know, right. he gets out to practice when he feels like it. He, he's not doing the extra work he does. He's not psychotic. He, he realizes that, you know, this is a sport and a game and not life, which is great if you're his friend or he's a family member. But <laughs> if he's your NFL quarterback that's getting paid $20 million a year, you can't have that. And I think that that's where the coaching staff got frustrated is it's a coaching staff that had worked with Tom Brady for 20 years and then moved down to Miami, drafted this kid fifth overall, see Justin Herbert playing excellent, and Justin Herbert is completely committed to the game, and then maybe have Tua missing meetings, Tua getting there late, Tua not really being a vocal leader, Tua being more you know excited to talk about video games. And all of a sudden, the, the coaching staff is like, our, our jobs are going to rest on whether or not you are an awesome quarterback. And you kind of need to be an awesome quarterback in a lot more than just on the field. Like, you need to be off the field, too. And that's where I think that there was friction because Stu was like, I don't care about the off the field stuff. You, you drafted me to play quarterback. You didn't draft me to babysit these guys. I um, That's really interesting to hear from you know, a Nick Saban guy, like I, I would have thought he would have been all about the the punctuality, all about the putting in time, you know, before and after to hear that he's, he's kind of treating this as a normal job as opposed to, you know, something that is your entire life and just envelops every part of your being. I'm almost more impressed by him now that he's got an even <laughs> higher ceiling because there's more potential to tap there. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. The, the reality is he's just a hyper he, – he's a top five draft pick for a reason. He's a very, very good football player. And Alabama's program, like when you're down there, you kind of can't get out of it. It's not like yeah. you can just leave the building whenever you want to. Like you're scheduled to be in the building from 8 in the morning until 9 o'clock at night. You know, he was in the program, and they did a lot to keep him in the program. But now he's in Miami, and his brother's in Maryland, and, you know, his family's back and forth. He's just living his life now. All right, well, let's move. We're going to skip the bold predictions. and we're oh, move. Mine was the Bills are going to miss the playoffs. Oh, well, there we go. That's that's David says he's going to skip a segment, and then I just yell into it. Mine was going to be Antonio Brown doesn't play again this season. That who doesn't? That was going to be my question of the week. That's a great segue. David, our question of the week is, do the Bucks actually like mess around and cut Antonio Brown? Wait, so let's, like, let's actually, say, can, can we actually have some order here for a second? All right. Yeah. My bad. Let's hit the reset button here. Uh, our question of the week is not next because we have our obscure tight end <laughs> touchdown of the week. And so you, that, why would you throw away such a good segue? <laughs> because I ruin things around here. You know how I do. Okay. Our obscure tight end touchdown of the week is which tight end rostered in 50% or less of ESPN leagues do you think scores a touchdown? We do ESPN because that's more probably one of the more generic ones out there where more casual fantasy players, that's where most of them play for the most part. So I'm going to go to you first, Doc. I want to hear who you're – because you are you have zero. You've gotten one wrong every single week we've done this. So you I know, know what? Not to I, the up. worst was like week three, Zach Ertz has his called back. Because I feel like that's what derailed me, just like the stack correction against John. Like, that's just where everything went south. But Ricky Seals Jones, you know, Logan Thomas is no! out. No! I don't think even, that's is fine. he playing this week? We're in this together. <laughs> you know, he's, we talk about the People's Jones. He's the Seals Jones. Seals Jones. He's the Seals Jones, and he's getting on the board this week. Is he even held? I think it, he has a hip. doing it together. He has a hip problem, doesn't he? I, he's coming back. From what I read, he's he was playing. Back. But okay. let me let me look at if there's any new updates and then come back to me. All right. 
Brad, who's your pick? I'm going Evan Ingram. Uh, he's sub 30% owned on ESPN. Um, he's got five and six targets in the last two games. Daniel Jones is likely out. Mike Glennon's going to look to him as a safety valve. They're against the Chargers, who, you know, while they're not, you know, scrub of a defense, you can get into a shootout with them. And um, I anticipate that they're going to need to get into a shootout with them because the running game is not going to be there with Saquon Barkley lately. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Evan Ingram as my my safe play. Evan Ingram. That's I don't know if Evan Ingram's ever Evan Ingram and safe cannot be put together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was it last week or a couple weeks ago where he was the popular pick and then he ended up getting 47 yards total? I think <laughs> but so. He got a, yeah. But he also had a, a touchdown, or he was targeted in the end zone and they held him. So they called a penalty and spotted at the one. So we, we should find scored. a way to get some points for pass interference. Yards. You should honestly, but um, the easy answer, which is like Philadelphia, that. is on a bye this week. So usually you just start your tight ends against Philadelphia. That is not open this week, which won me last week with Ryan Griffin. Uh, Andy, who's your pick? I was actually also going to say Evan Ingram. Uh, oh, you know, for a lot of the reasons that were already said, um, I think that. The Chargers, I think, are the worst defense against tight ends, but this is one of those hills that I'm willing to die on where you cannot trust when uh, you hear somebody on the radio say how many points they give up to tight ends because Mm -hmm. it's usually more of a factor of who do they play on the schedule because there's only 10 good tight ends in the NFL. And let me pull up the Chargers schedule. The Chargers have to play – while you do that, I'll give mine because he plays for the Chargers. Because the Seals Jones, you know, if he's inactive, I have to get another one on here. Donald Parham Jr. season. It's Parham. Just so you know. Okay, Andy, who's the Chargers schedule? So the Chargers schedule started with Logan Thomas when he was healthy. Then Dalton Schultz. Then Travis Kelsey. Uh, then Darren Waller. Then Cleveland, when both Austin Hooper and then Joku went off in that huge scoring 47 to 42 game. Uh, then Baltimore, Mark Andrews. Then New England with Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. Then Philadelphia with Goddard. Then Minnesota with Conklin. Uh, then Pittsburgh with Fryer Muth. Uh, and that was when they were the number one defense against tight ends. And it's like, yeah, because they played every single good tight end in the NFL. You know, of course the Chargers are going to be bad against the tight end. They have to play Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller twice a year. Like, give me any other division where the tight ends are crappy and, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, weird, they don't give up many points to tight ends. Well, yeah, they don't have to play any. <laughs> so, wait, so who's your that's point? Oh, yes, Evan Ingram, that's right, Evan Ingram. Yes. Okay. So we got two Evan Ingrams. We've got two Ricky Seals-Jones. I'm removing Eric from the Seals Jones pick. If he doesn't have the gumption to stick <laughs> to it, then he doesn't deserve to. Uh, to John, I need to get on the board. Him. I need to have a backup <laughs> play if he's an active. I was gonna say you just you're gonna name half the tight ends so you can get on the board. It's okay. He won't score a touchdown anyway. All right. Well, Ricky Seals Jones, if active, if inactive, Donald Parham. Okay. Uh, my pick is the guy that goes by the name Tyler Conklin. All right. And why I like Tyler Conklin this week, he had nine targets. I'm sorry, last what was that sound effect? It's a bonk sound, like conk. What is that? Like, oh, okay, conk. Like you conk someone on the head. Okay, all right, I got you. All right. So he had nine targets last week when Adam Thielen departed. And if you look at PFF as far as snap counts, he actually played the most snaps of anybody on the offense that was actually catching the ball last week. He played 72, 72 snaps, which is more than KJ Osborne, more than Justin Jefferson. If we look at actual passing uh, uh, snaps he played in uh, passing routes, he still played a very high amount as he was actually 37. That only trailed Justin Jefferson's 46 and Osborne's 44. So he's involved in a lot of the pass routes, and he's getting seen, obviously, a 15-plus percent target share. He's going to get that bump with Adam Thielen out of there. I know the Steelers have only given up two touchdowns to tight ends this year, but just like Andy said, it kind of depends on who you play at that position. So I think Tyler Conklin, with the volume he's going to get, I think he's actually a very good play this week. And on ESPN, I believe he is 34% owned. So very good Dave, get. that's a great pick and a shameless plug. I also have uh, Tyler Conklin as a waiver wire pickup on my Fantrax HQ article. Go check that out. There we go. I like it. All right. 
Let's go to our second to last segment here, and that's going to be the question of the week, which we know already. It's kind, but... of, it's kind of kind of lost its magic because you you ruined the segue. I'm sorry, but, um, but uh, yeah, John, we're just... sponsored by something. You want me to read my sponsor? <laughs> you're you're eager. I like it. I like the energy. But uh, we are sponsored, of course, by Monkey Knife Fit, as you see on the bottom, and we are official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. New depositors receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code triple play. All right, John, what is the question of the week? So I feel like when Antonio Brown first got hurt, it was like a week to week thing. And now Mm -hmm. he's going to miss literally, it seems like almost the rest of the season, including his suspension. Are they going to cut him? When he was signed, Bruce Arians said he gets one, he gets one and then he's gone. I think Tom Brady's running the show there with the as in terms of personnel. I, I think if they were gonna cut him, he would have already been cut. Um I, I agree, like Arians did say he gets one mess up and this is probably it, but I think <laughs> Tom Brady Yeah, Leah, I think Tom Brady really likes having depth at the receiver position, um I, and at the tight end position. And, you know, he, he likes having guys he can trust to run precise routes, and maybe he's that guy. And it looks like he accepted that ex- suspension and didn't appeal it, according to his lawyer. Not because, <laughs> not because he he didn't do it, but because he's injured and he's just gonna. He didn't want to deal with the headache. Um, but because way, it's a federal crime and yeah, he doesn't exactly, want to rock exactly. the boat too much. <laughs> so you want to know the like, dumbest you know, part of that is? What's up? What's that? He, so he comes to to training camp with the fake certificate that he got vaccinated. And then Brady Pierre pressured him into getting vaccinated anyway, and he got vaccinated while he was in training camp. Exactly. So that's, like, that's what his lawyer he, says. Like he is vaccinated. He's, he's getting punished for just being dumb two weeks early. Uh, I, I agree, though. I don't think he's getting cut because uh, you know he did get the one strike policy before he helped him win a Super Bowl, and I think you get a couple more strikes <laughs> after you do that for a team. And I just, here's I my think, thing. I didn't mean that's to a good question, though, Johnny. I don't think yeah. I don't think he gets cut, but I think he's inactive. Like I think they activate him if there's an injury to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Think about it; their offense like it couldn't be much better with him right now. Yeah, Mike Evans it and was, Chris Godwin it was better, better with him. Yeah, it was. I Rob just Gronkowski, wonder. Though, has been doing well. He's been throwing the ball a lot to Fournette. Like I don't think when, they need when AB him. was playing. He was their best receiver. He was their best receiver, but doesn't mean that they weren't. They almost lost Week One to the Cowboys. Like. They're I just wonder, because a lot of Antonio Brown stuff was kept in-house in the Steelers, and I wonder if this nagging injury, this this lingering injury, is just because there's something behind the scenes that we don't know yet. Well, so yeah, That's man, just my two cents. The ankle injury was supposed to be between four to six weeks when he first got it. That's what most of the sports doctors said. And this guy is in his mid-30s now, so... You know, you have to think it's going to be closer to the end of what they say when it comes to an injury as opposed to him coming back early. I think that the reality is, one, you know, you can't guarantee that Godwin, Evans, and Gronk are all going to be healthy for the next three games and then the three games that they're going to play in the playoffs, which are the ones that actually matter. And I think that Brady wants to be able to, one, play matchups. He's always been a matchup thrower. He's never been the guy who, you know, he, he threw to Randy Moss one season – other than that, he has been a matchup distributor of the football. Uh, and I think that, you know, he would much rather throw it where the matchup is and use Gronk as little as possible for the next four games and then only use him when they need him to score in the playoffs because Brady's had to go to the playoffs with an injured Rob Gronkowski on the IR before, and he doesn't want to have that happen now. Yeah. And – Again, I, I'll be interested to see right now. AB's uh, when he returns from his suspension, we'll be back, I believe, week seventeen, week sixteen. So uh, maybe the Bucks slowly integrate him in, and then basically save him for the playoffs for full speed. But we're gonna have to see how that plays out. We're gonna close out the show with the game of the week here, and uh... Johnny, you got the game and. The fans yeah. know which, what you're playing, so let's, yeah, let's do so it. Yeah, so NFL coaches are modern-day philosophers, so I have five assorted quotes from an NFL head coach or a philosopher. And uh, so pretty much what you have to do is you take a guess, coach or philosopher, you get an extra point if you get the coach and or philosopher correct, so you get two points 
possible. We'll just sort of go around the board. We'll start Andy's with David got the on upper the first hand right one. here. <laughs> We're going to start on the first one. Uh, will be how many we got? Uh, if you, five. Uh, just five. If you get too caught up in what happened in the past, you'll miss an opportunity in the future. Think too much about what's too far ahead. You miss the opportunity that's in front of you. We'll start with you, David. That's definitely a coach. I'm going to say it's Mike Tomlin. Brad. I'm going to go Coach Parcells. Doc. Go Coach Vince Lombardi. Andy. I'll go Philosopher, and it's the turtle from Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) (laughs) That is Bill Belichick, and he actually said that a couple weeks ago. I saw uh, an interviewer tweet it. And I put that in my bookmarks to save for the game later. But I thought about doing it, but I was like, damn, that's too many words for him. He doesn't usually say yeah. that much. I know. I, I, I almost gave it away. I almost imper- tried to impersonate him going through. You know, <laughs> focus too much on the future. You know, you're going to miss, you know, what's in front of you. But, uh, the, next, <laughs> the next one is um, if they spit at you behind your back, it means you're ahead of them. Brad. I'm going to go Philosopher Sun Tzu. Doc. I mean, Lao Tzu. <laughs> well, you're using the Lao Tzu. Philosopher. Yeah. I'm going to go Coach Mike Ditka. I'll go David. Coach Sean Payton. David. Philosopher Aristotle. That is Philosopher Confucius. Oh. Oh. So it confused a few of you. No. Uh, the next one is knowledge is a treasure, but practice is the key to it. Doc. I'm going to go. I feel like you're saying practice to throw us off. So I'm going to go. You, philosopher. Can't get too, you can't get too mind game here. I'm going philosopher. And this is the Lao one. I'm going Andy. coach Lombardi. Uh, I'll go philosopher. Uh, no idea. <laughs> Andy, I will tell you, I didn't know many philosophers. And then when John does this game once a month, I've learned like 20 of them. Uh, I'll go philosopher Socrates. Eric with his mind games wins. This is Lao Tzu quote. Wow. This is a Lao Tzu quote. Yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The uh, second to last, the penultimate is uh, confidence is a fragile thing. We'll start with Andy. Uh, I'll guess Mike Tomlin said that one. David? Uh, I'm going to go coach, and I'm going to go Bill Parcells. Brad? I I was going to say Coach Tomlin as well. That's what I was going to say. If it's Coach Tomlin, you – Wow. Everybody's really close. It's Coach Bill Cower. So, David, you had the first okay. name right, oh, and everybody else man. had the right team. Oh. <laughs> Wait, so I have four. Oh, I have yeah, everybody two. announce your score for the final question. Brad, I know you don't keep keep score. I have two, I think. <laughs> I got five. Four. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know no, he doesn't. Oh, okay. Andy from the top rope. Hey, you All always right. win so- when you lie. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's going in our coach or, or philosopher yeah. queue for next month. Yeah, just be like director of player development. Coach, yeah. coach Andy. Yeah, there we go. Uh, right. The last one is uh, there's only one way to avoid criticism: do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. And we'll start with David. I'm gonna say this is a coach, and I'm gonna say it is. <sighs> Mike Holmgren. Brad? This is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go coach. And I'm going to say Jimmy Johnson. David, for the sake of the show, I'm going the opposite. I was going to let you control your destiny. I'm going (laughs) philosopher and Plato. I think that this sounds like a coach, and I'm going Dicka. 
I was going to say, can Andy go perfect six out of five? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this is a philosopher Aristotle. No! David does not get his win oh yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a joke. Yeah! I want to recount. Wait, wait. You guys remember the Howard Dean campaign? Wait, David, did you can do my one person sound first? Uh, oh, here you go. Yay! You remember Howard Dean's campaign in 2004? I do. Where he's gonna, we're gonna take this state, we're gonna take that state. Yeah! <laughs> That's my song re- off right here, what? boys. I only what remember it because it's your reference. Show. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, I'm gonna be salty somewhere else, Andy. Appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Ton of fun having you on with us. Yeah, thanks for the invite, guys. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, can you, uh, for those that do not know the stuff you're doing or everything you put out there, can you give our audience a plug? Can you tell them where they can find you on Twitter, the work you put out, all the stuff that you do? Yeah, so go to the 33rdteam.com. You can see all the work that I've been doing. It's a, a company that I started with Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, we work with over 500 years of NFL experience. We try to bring the highest level of football um, knowledge to the space. Uh, and if you're looking for fantasy-specific content, you can always follow me at AndyFantasy1. Uh, and you can hear me on Sirius XM, 5 o'clock on Thursdays, on Sirius 87, the Fantasy Channel. Uh, and if you found me on this show, please don't follow my assistant DPP account on Twitter. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was like... Uh... It's like you have, I think the kids call it the, the Finstas and the regular Instagrams, like where it's like their fake Insta. And it's, uh, so it's like your, your real Twitter account and your business Twitter account, whatever it is. But it's, it's funny that you have two of them. I, I think it's, it's very cool. Uh, yeah, 33rd team is awesome. And I'm not biased saying that. Please make sure you check out 33rd team. It's absolutely just like Andy said, it's, it's where you need to go for any type of football content, whether it's fantasy, real life football, coaching. Uh, any type of schemes you want to talk about. It's, it's got everything. So make sure you check out the 33rd team. And also make sure you check out Andy and I debate every Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time because uh, I'm going to make sure that I win one of these bets one of these days. The third time is the charm. I promise We'll that. see. Okay. I'll, I'll just find another picture of me to, to put on your Twitter for a week. <laughs> Seems like you're faring just as well in that as your philosopher quotes, Davey. Yeah, it's not, it's not too good so far, but... <laughs> Next week, we'll be joined by another great guest to break down week 14. But until then, everyone, be safe out there. Enjoy your seven weeks of commercial-free football. And we're going to make like a bread truck, and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys 